0: All right, thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube. Subscribe to the YouTube channel, hit the bell for notifications, upvote the video, and participate in the conversation by commenting down below. I'm here with Charles Arbuckle, an analyst with ESPN, and we're going to talk a little bit of Ole Miss football on this Sunday. How are you doing, Charles? I'm doing well, man. How are you? I'm doing quite well, and I've I've noticed you over the last couple of years all through ESPN. You go all over the country. It seems like you you're not just tied to an individual area, but you do a really good job. And I looked at your background, and you have background with the AAF, and you um like apparently coached the Arizona Hotshots. Um, what maybe tight ends there? You you were there with the Dome Patrol in New Orleans, playing in the NFL. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, and now as as a Saints fan, I'm from South Mississippi. I grew up with the okay. Saints. That era that that was my era. I was a Saints fan when the Saints weren't particularly good, and then all these bandwagoners came on afterwards.
1: <laughs> well, we weren't very good offensively my one year there, but mm-hmm. the defense, man, practicing against Ricky Jackson, Sam Mills, Von Johnson, and Pat Swillen. And then the rest of the game, I think people just think about the linebackers, but the defensive backfield was stacked. You had the defensive front. So going nine on seven every day, you earn your work. I mean, I can remember being a rookie and just thinking, if this is how it is every single week, woo, I got to really start getting in the weight room and, and, and getting some things done. Real quick on the Sam Mills story, you know, one of the greatest guys around the game. Uh, he was an undersized linebacker. Jim Moore kind of you know, made sure when he was in the ex- USFL, he brought him on the team. And then when he got to New Orleans, the same thing. But Sam was very meticulous and just really, uh, you know, I think he was probably the glue for that defense because so smart, cerebral, you know, became a coach afterwards. But during spring or OTAs, it's really not any pads, right? So I'm thinking as a rookie, I got to go full out. I got to make this team. I beat him a couple of times on some crossing routes and some other things, and he, you know, he told me, and, and you know, hey, Rook, don't beat me. At, uh, like if we have on pads, you can do whatever you want, but I'm not gonna hit you. But if you do that again, I'm gonna get you. I went across the middle, and as soon as I touched this next pass, pow, it's not what goes one <laughs> way, helmet goes, and he broke my helmet. And then he helps me up. Hey, Rook, I'm just telling you, welcome to the NFL. You can do this when we get pads on. So. <laughs> He gave me my welcome to the league with no pads, and and that that, kept me understanding, keep your head on the swivel at all times.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And that's a really cool story. Moving on to this Ole Miss quarterback competition, because it's going Mm -hmm. to be the story of spring and probably into fall, but you have Spencer Sanders, you have um, Jackson Darts, you have Walker Howard all competing for the job, and they all have slightly different skill sets how, how do you see this
1: yeah Spencer Sanders is interesting I was supposed to cover him last year when West Virginia played Oklahoma State and he was injured that game he during the, you know what happened with Spencer every year was late in the year he was just banged up the way he plays the game and the way the way he you know he could throw the ball pretty well but he would get really really knocked around by the end of the season So in this particular game, he was a game-time decision. We didn't know until right before the game that he wasn't going to play. But it was interesting after that I kind of followed and saw that he was looking at getting into the transfer portal, and then sure enough he ends up at Ole Miss. What I will say with Ole Miss is they're getting a guy that's played a lot of football. He's seen a lot of things and been in a system where he's been able to throw the ball. And I think what we're starting to see, Steve, is the NFL is coming to college football with this transfer portal. You're seeing guys think they can find a home and have some competition, but have more of an easier walk. Jackson Dart probably thought, hey, I'm in Ole Miss. I've got an offense that I can learn and grow. And then you get a veteran guy like, you know, Spencer Sanders with one year of eligibility. You get a young five-star kid that's coming in from LSU. And I think what it's doing is it's causing folks to really understand that you got to wherever you go, you're going to have to compete. And I think with Spencer Sanders, he's going to be he's gonna be competitive as all get out. They just talked about his determination and his doggedness to play and start. So I'm curious to watch how that plays out with Lane Kiffin and what Lane has told him to make him come there and think, hey, I have a chance to at least have one year to play. We saw this a lot with Oklahoma a few years ago, but now all schools are doing this where they're getting that run a, run a year or run a two-year guy. And if they're able to get anything out and squeeze any juice out of that orange – they have a chance to make some plays. And I think that's what I look at uh, Spencer Sanders. A lot of ability, but can he stay healthy through the course of a long season? And think of this, as much as I like the Big 12, the rigors of the SEC are going to be a little bit tougher. That defensive front you're going to face every week, your own team you play every week, you're going to have to be able to hold up. And I'm wondering if he can do that. And if he can, he may may have a chance to start.
0: Yeah, and in this transfer portal area, like Lane Kiffin's a Pete Carroll guy. And I I was at Ole Miss with Ed Orgeron, who was also with Pete Carroll and brought that over. And competition is by far the number one aspect for their program. Mm -hmm. And and that's how everything is built. So Lane is going to see is like, okay, this quarterback might have an easier way. How can we make this hard on him and make it to where you know, iron sharpens iron, and everything. And, and people might see the quarterback competition and view it as a negative thing, but they they don't. Can you explain that NFL mentality?
1: Well, I, I saw the good thing for me is I saw it in college. <laughs> Going to UCLA at the time, I always tell people there were in my four years there were thirty two or thirty three guys that ended up in the NFL. Some hall of famers like Troy Aikman and guys like Ken Norton that I would play every day, or Uh, Gaston Green, the the list is endless of guys, Flipper Anderson. But what it did is it taught me I wasn't going to get on the field unless I was able to compete against my own. And I think that's the way colleges have started to trend. If you're going to get on the field, Pete Carroll, to your point at USC, uh, Ed Orgeron, who was in that USC system, saw the same thing. The only way you're going to get on the field is if you can play, whether you're a, a veteran guy or a young guy. And I think that's the the part for me is the mentality is I've got to compete the minute I step between the lines. I can can have one bad play, but if I have two or three, my job is in jeopardy. And I think the quarterback position should be the same way. There's some guys that will just get the mantle and hold on to it. But there's others that need that competition. And I think Lane knows that in that environment that you're playing in the SEC West, and with new teams coming in, all the different things, you've got to be able to compete at a high level. Think about this. Look at Texas. Quinn Ewers is supposed to be the guy. Arch Manning is coming in. So, you know, I, I think it's good. If I have to compete at the tight end position, I want my quarterback, no matter how good he is, to be able to compete and show me he can he has the medal to hold on to that position. And if he wins it, by all means, let's
0: go. Also, before we get out of here, what are the main stories and lines in the SEC you're looking at this year?
1: Well, the big thing, I'm, I'm really interested in Hugh Freeze. Hmm. You know, I coached with Hugh for about two weeks in the uh, AAF. And I think the thing that Hugh is going to bring is another element, another offensive philosophy, just like Lane was able to do. And now you're going to see that. So I'm really intrigued by, by him. But I'm also intrigued by Tennessee now that they're going to start probably doing different things with the clock to slow teams like that and Ole Miss and Auburn that down a little bit so I want to see if that's going to make a big difference for these coaches that like to go fast or like to go with tempo
0: okay um also looking at Florida just before we get out of here there's been a lot of turnover this season there's quarterback issues what do you think about Billy Napier this year
1: yeah, it's going to be an interesting year for Billy Napier because he was a hot ticket item, right? And now you're in a position where Tennessee has gotten better at the same time where Florida thinks they should be better. It's going to be tough for him, especially from a quarterback position, to figure out who can be that guy. And I, I'll say this, even with Anthony Richardson, they didn't play all that well. So what are you going to do to get this team to play like you had your teams in Louisiana playing and play at a high level? Because you know they get the, the, the right recruits, but the thing that they did at Louisiana was develop those guys. I haven't seen that so far at Florida yet. Let's see if you can do that.
0: All right. Thanks again for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. Make sure you check out our brand new podcast, Locked On College Basketball. Something tells me Ole Miss might be on that show recently. Um, everything you need to know about college basketball in one place, plus hear from big-name experts, insiders, coaches, and players. It's Locked On College Basketball available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. Charles, thank you very much for coming on the show today. If you could stick around after this is done, I do have one question for you, if you don't mind.
1: All right.